Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Chris Ballas and Anthony Broom previewing Michigan against Iowa. Drop a like on the video if you're watching on YouTube. Get this thing to 500 likes if you want Michigan to pull off its first win in Iowa City since 2005, an overtime game, 23-20. Um, losers of four straight there. Obviously, a tough environment. We'll get into that. Rematch of the Big Ten Championship game from last season, 42-3 to Michigan win. Um, Michigan running up the score a little bit at the end, and now it's that week. I think we we probably talked about it last year where it was like, yeah, well, they're going to have to go there um, you know, and kind of face that. But at the same time, as Jim Harbaugh has said before, greatness doesn't fear consequences. Uh, so here we go. Uh, this is going to be where they have the chance to uh, – Iowa has a chance to get some revenge. I know some of their players have talked about that. Michigan, a chance to kind of have a statement game here, semi-early, almost mid-season at this point. Um, first of all, though, I mean, in terms of Michigan, and I know Iowa's dealing with some injuries as well, but things kind of mounting up on the Michigan side of things. The last few games, Michigan, no Donovan Edwards. Uh, the last few games, no Trevor Keegan, no Carson Barnhart. We haven't seen Nikai Hill-Green this season. Cade McNamara, backup quarterback, injured. Um, obviously, I you know, would believe that Donovan Edwards will be out there on Saturday, but your guys' thoughts on just how this has affected Michigan and how it could play out on Saturday. I think the offensive line depth is being tested guys. And I think it's a good thing. I think Joel Hottie has played relatively well. He's no Trevor Keegan, but Keegan's got a little more experience there. It'd be nice to get Keegan back. We've heard mixed things there. I don't expect him back this week. So, Uh, but I do expect Carson Barnhart to be healthy. So it'll be interesting to see who they plug in there. Carson Barnhart or Joel Hottie. I think they're both good options. So um, that'll be good. The interior line is going to face its biggest challenge of the year. No question about it. So uh, they need Donovan Edwards back there because you don't want Blake Corum out there toting it 30 times against this defense. And you want Donovan Edwards available in the passing game and maybe match him up with some of those linebackers. This is a really good, obviously, Iowa defense, but there are mismatches to be had. So uh, that's where we are right now and hoping – uh, obviously that J.J. McCarthy stays healthy. Cade McNamara won't be available. So the last thing you do need there, too, is somebody like Alan Bowman who hasn't played or, or Davis Warren to come in there. So that's where it is, and uh, it's going to be a physical game, boys. I would expect a few guys to, you know, to get some bumps and bruises in this one as well, but uh, looking forward to it. I love that venue down there. Yeah, this will be a first time for me there, so check another, uh, check another one off the list for me, a couple of those in the next couple of weeks. So uh, excited for that, but yeah, this is going to be a game. I think we talked about this a little bit on Monday in our live show. Where, to me, the thing I'm most fascinated by is the fact that you got out of the Maryland game and you played. It was it was a bit sloppy in parts, not where it needed to be in a lot of areas, especially a quarterback. But um, to come off of to have that game film entering a week where you are preparing for a team that will jump on every mistake that you make. Uh, and that has a way of just dragging you down into the mud with them. Uh, I think that's fascinating to me. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how like JJ McCarthy responds to the coaching that he got this week. Uh, the other guys as well. I mean, they're going to have to be stout up front against the run, uh, the offensive line. This is their most physical matchup of the season so far. So, you know, this is, uh, I've been saying it all week on here. I've said it in, in hits that we've done. If last week was the character, the gut check type of win, this is the game where you find out what Michigan is truly made of. So we know what the the narrative is, where top five teams go to die and all those types of things. But um, 
I could see it being similar to last year where, you know, I think last year's Wisconsin game was kind of the moment we thought, or we found out that this team was made of a little bit more than we thought it was. I think this year, this game has the chance to be that for them. Yeah. You never want mistakes to happen. You want to play perfect, obviously all the time, but it couldn't have come at a better time in terms of some things for the Michigan offense to clean up. Obviously same thing with the defense, but going into the matchup between the Michigan offense with JJ McCarthy making his first road start, his first big 10 start uh, in a really hostile environment. I know he played last year at Michigan state didn't do so great there, but you know, played well at Wisconsin was in the game a little bit at Nebraska. Uh, Don't believe he played at Penn state, but he was obviously in that environment. So, um, but this is different when you're the guy that's going to have to be out there for about 60 snaps playing against an Iowa defense, number one in the country in scoring defense. And some of these stats you have to take a little bit with a grain of salt because, you know, they haven't played great competition. A lot of teams around the country haven't played great competition yet. So I don't know if Iowa's going to be the best defense in the country at the end of the year, statistically or not, but they're up there at this point and they are very, very good. Um, you know, they rank in the top 10 in just about every major category, but in terms of, what this Michigan offense did last year or last week looked a little out of sync. JJ McCarthy made a few bad decisions. He put the ball on the ground. Now you can kind of clean that up. Um, and now it's kind of a, Hey, you can't just run around there and do whatever you want. You're not doing routes on air and things like that. Like it was basically in the first three games, you're going to have, you're going to pay for some of those mistakes. Potentially. Luckily they recovered a couple of those fumbles. The guy was out of bounds on the interception near interception. So didn't cost him, but I think he knows this week it's going to cost him, and they want him to be himself, as Matt Weiss said this week, but they also want him to play within himself, take what's there, not make the mistakes, because frankly, uh, and you know, Matt Weiss didn't say this, but I'll say it, the Iowa offense doesn't pose a huge threat. Uh, you know, If you punt, it's not the worst thing in the world and pin them back. Um, so matchup between the Michigan offense and this uh, you know, appears to be very good Iowa defense. What do you guys see? Yeah, that's a you know what? They always seem to play above their heads a little bit against Michigan as well. Um, there's no Akron Wadley back there. We were talking about 2016 when they had a really good back and did some good things against Michigan. And Michigan still held them to what? 14 points and a last second yep. field goal to win it. So uh, this defense isn't there, though. Uh, this defense, to me, I'm a little concerned, guys. I understand how tough it's been for Iowa to move the ball and that their offensive line hasn't been very good, but they are getting better. They are physical. And frankly, I'm not overwhelmed by the Michigan run defense at this point. So if they can shorten the game and do some things on the ground, even without great running backs and, you know, maybe use their tight ends, Iowa's always using the tight ends. Then this could be one of those rock fights, as Anthony said, says all the time, a a rock fight, B, you know, pylons out there that are still capable of making some plays, uh, especially on defense. Uh, They just play so well together. And that's what Jim Harbaugh said. And I think that's what people don't understand. They look at players and not the, 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 what the the sum of the parts sometimes and to me i i've always respected iowa's defense back from norm parker days to phil parker now and it's going to be a tough test for jj mccarthy they've got to they've got to protect the ball so that's to me the biggest part of this game and i understand there's a faction of the fan base out there let jj sling it and just throw it all over the place and use your weapons and they're going to try to confuse him and that's exactly what they want they want that and to create some turnovers if that's the case then i was gonna have a chance to win this game yeah this is uh this is a week where i think brad robbins might be might there's a good chance he might get a game ball from one of the three <laughs> of us just given the type of game that uh special teams pornography as i put it the other night on the live show um yeah it's not going to be the worst thing in the world to play the field position game 
Now, if you force Iowa to go the long way and they're able to do that, that's where it does become incumbent on the defense to step their game up. And, you know, Mozzie Smith, I thought the second half of last week's game played probably the best football he's played all season. Need to see that for a full game. This is a Mozzie Smith week. This is a Chris Jenkins week. This is a Mike Morris week. I think all those guys up front will be huge. Um, and we'll see if, you know, um, Iyabi, Okoye, and uh, Derek Moore get a little more run. But I think that they can still get there with the guys they have. Jalen Harrell didn't play a great game last week. Uh, Braden McGregor, I think, has been close, but not, you know, we're getting to the part of the season where close doesn't quite cut it. So those guys have to step it up there. Uh, offensively, I, I can see I was going to make J.J. McCarthy beat them because I think you will see them put a little more attention to filling the box, stopping Blake Corum. I mean, if they let Blake Corum run on them, then they're probably screwed. So they're going to test J.J. McCarthy, and this is going to be, again, if the first four weeks of the season were the the pop quizzes, so to speak, this is the real, this is the test for him. So I'm fascinated by it. Uh, this, this is a matchup that I think even going back to the winner, when we're looking, all right, we think this team could be pretty good. Where might they stumble? Where might they struggle? This was that first game on the schedule where you go, all right, here you go. This is, we know it's going to be physical. We know it's going to be really the next two weeks should be very physical football games and sort of shape what this team looks like moving forward. But um, mistakes have got to be at a minimum this week. And you, you can you can probably afford to make one or two here or there, uh, but you can't. the one thing you can't do is let Iowa's defense turn them into points because that's where – that is their best offense right now. Their defense has outscored their offense this year. So um, I'd imagine there's probably been some attention in practice paid this week to the sudden change tackling and things like that too. So um, got to be ready for everything. Um I, I'm just, I, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for, not that last week wasn't a test, but uh, this is this is the true mark of what this team will be moving forward. Yeah, the Iowa defense has allowed only 23 points all season. Their least amount in the first four games of a year since 1956. And they, they've had good defenses in between those two years, 1956 and 2022, which is pretty crazy. And they had the two defensive touchdowns last week. They've had at least one safety. So you're right, they're close to that total um as a defense it, it, almost as many as they've allowed which is insane trivia question who was the coach of that 1956 iowa team we'll let one of the um, fans we'll let one of the fans answer that later so oh this isn't live is it so uh, i'll let one of you not. guys do about it it's got to have guy it's got to be a guy with michigan ties yeah obviously so it was not me thank you though it might have been john borton john borton was actually the quarterback on the uh ohio state team a guy named John Borton, who is one of our colleagues, was actually quarterbacking Ohio State that year. So go figure. So anyway, we'll look that up and we'll have that trivia question answered for you folks by the end of this broadcast. We'll have Hutch look it up. I got the name on the tip of my tongue. I can't get it out, though. Okay. I can't think of it. Um, but yeah, so I mean, obviously an elite defense. You look at their offense. I think Michigan, yeah, the number one key in this game from a defensive standpoint, is stop the run. And even that, Iowa hasn't done a great job. They had 129 yards against Rutgers last week. The 150, whatever they had on Nevada the week before. Nevada is basically the same thing as Hawaii or UConn. I mean, they're one of the worst uh, teams in the entire country. So I don't take a ton of stock into that. They have gotten healthier at wide receiver and running back. But Petrus has just not gotten, gotten any better. And it's almost surprising that they haven't tried different things there, especially because you have Alex Padilla who has played a decent amount in his career. Um, 
the only guy that really stands out on the Iowa offense is Sam Laporta from the tight end position, who's been outstanding the last couple of years quietly on an offense that gets no attention. Well, they get some attention. It's usually bad attention. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he's been good. And he had success against Michigan last season, especially in the first half. He had six catches for 62 yards in that game. Um, you know, Michigan struggled to guard him a little bit with some of the linebackers. I remember Josh Ross at one point against Iowa, a team you would think he's suited to play, having to come off the field a few times and you know they put in Mike Barrett and guys like that to kind of cover so I think that's something to watch they could hit on a big play you know in this game you're kind of on alert of like a Mark D'Antonio like a fullback you know wheel route or something like that that could go for a big play but other than that I don't see Iowa methodically moving the ball down the field and what that is going to do is that is going to help your offense out tremendously not only with field position but three and out, three and out, three and out, you can start to wear down that Iowa defense if they have to keep coming on the field. And that's why I think even if it's close for the majority of the game, Michigan may be able to pull away late in this game. Obviously, we'll get to our predictions, but um, your guys' impressions of an underwhelming Iowa offense going against the Michigan defense, that still has quite a bit to prove. Man, I think you kind of summed it up, didn't you, <laughs> right there? And it's uh, One guy. <laughs> yeah, statue, statue quarterback. They always go yeah. to the tight ends. Uh, but, again, they're going to be physical. And up front, even if their offensive line isn't good, uh, they've got guys that are that are capable. I think somebody posted today that their center is only, what, 283 pounds. So Sounds you would right. hope that Mozzie Smith would have a big game here. And, and there have been times that he's been underwhelming. But when he's been challenged, he's really been up to the task. So I want to see more push, guys. I don't want to see – and some of the linebackers being more aggressive not to call them out by name but there are some kind of guys that are kind of processing things rather than attacking and that's where josh ross was so good last year in diagnosing a play seeing it and boom being there at the hole waiting uh for a guy or meeting him in the backfield we saw it several times with him amazing isn't it how people were were critical of him and now he's in the in the nfl and and how good he was as a college linebacker last year these guys need to get better uh, they'll be without nikai hill green so that's not good uh, michael barrett will be in there and Kalel mullings has had his moments uh was really hoping to see a big year from hill green and it sounds like he's going to be out for a while so that's disappointing but yeah and all in all this is not an offense that scares you uh, unless they can move the ball and bleed some clock. And that's what they're going to want to do, guys. They're going to want to shorten the game. So they better be prepared. They better have their best game up front. Uh, again, they've been underwhelming through four games. Yeah, I watched the uh, – came home from the game last week and once I flipped on, flipped on the TV, that, that's the game what was on was, was Iowa at Rutgers. So uh, kind of a – it's not often we kind of get to have our cake and eat it too where we watch a Michigan game that again, then get to come home and watch next week's opponents. So took advantage of that when there might've been some, I mean, there were better games on to watch, but um, the thing with Iowa is that they just run their stuff. Like they are what they've been for the last, um, I think Jim Harbaugh said it this week, since Kirk Ferentz has been there and um, it works to varying degrees of success. I think last week was probably the quote unquote best. I've seen them look again, adjusted for opponent, but it was still road game. Rutgers is competitive. I think they're fairly well coached with Greg Schiano. Um, yeah, it's going to be like, can you get yourself off the field? Because if you let them go the long way and they take, you know, they're kind of doing the death by a million paper cuts thing. You're going to be have guys, you, you would hope not, but there might be guys on the Michigan defense that are, you know, sucking wind late in the game or at the end of drives. And that's, that's an equalizer for them. So uh, to keep, you know, the, the, the best thing you could do to sort of 
not make this Iowa team dangerous offensively is to pin them back deep. Uh, get in the field position game if you have to. This is a game that is going to frustrate the hell out of people that watch on social media or that watch on the message board. This is it's just a different type of type of style of play um, when you go play them. So special teams is critical. I mean, we have given Jay Harbaugh's unit their flowers many times over, but I think you'll see the value of that even more so in a game like this. So um, I need to see those guys up front be a little more stout, but uh, if you can pin them back deep too and take, you know, take away their run game, make them one dimensional. I mean, this is, I mean, on paper, you know, again, all it takes is one big play and one thing to go, not the way it was planned for things to kind of get thrown into whack. But to me, that's you win this game by taking away the run and then, being the better team on special teams. And you know that Iowa's going to be coming after some punts, guys. They always do. They're going to be looking for some weaknesses. So that's going to be key this week is to uh, get some good blocking up front there. So on, on punt on punts, Brad Robbins probably going to be kicking about six or seven times. I would imagine can't let one get away. For sure. And the special teams battle, like in a game that let's say it is close, let's say it's decided by one possession, like one play here or there could change the tenor of the entire game. Uh, go ahead. I'll give you an example. In 2016, they pinned him deep at the one-yard line. Yeah. Your five-star offensive lineman misses a block. They get a safety, and it changed the entire tenor of the game, Clay. Exactly. So yeah. you see it there. Um, you see that Iowa has, as you said, an uh, you know outstanding special teams unit. Their punter uh, is going to potentially pin Michigan deep. Incredible looking at his stats. So Torrey Taylor, the Australian, uh, has punted 28 times this season. 12 of them have been 50-plus yards. 17 of those have been inside the opponent's 20. And that's with an offense that doesn't really, like, move the ball and put him in great spots to pin them deep. So he's been incredible. Um, and, you know, that could be a thing where J.J. McCarthy, and I know these fans are on top of you. I've never been in there either, excited to be there. Um, fans are on top of you. You're at the 10. You know, remember Wisconsin with Cade McNamara last year? Michigan started a drive, I believe, inside their own 10, maybe inside their own 5. I know they got the one first down, punted. Those are the types of things that are actually important in a game like this. And I could see it, not just the fact that it's the fifth game of the year. They got tested the week before. I could see it playing out like the Wisconsin game a little bit. You know, I'm not going to put it past Michigan to potentially hit on a few big plays here and, you know, make this a little bit more of a, you know, not a blowout. But by the end of that Wisconsin game, that thing was over. You know, Michigan had full control. Um, Same thing basically with the Iowa game. And again, Michigan kind of the clip of Jim Harbaugh saying, well, we got the chance to get the number one seed here. And they started, kept throwing, you know, you get the Eric all touched on things like that. Um, but if it is tight, you know, like we kind of expected to be for at least most of the game, special teams is going to be huge. Um, let's get to our picks here uh, for this game. Our predictions as always head to the Wolverine.com. Chris writes the uh, always humorous and, uh, and just solid uh, information for the uh, staff predictions column. Every week, so check that out. Before we do, though, uh, there's <laughs> I'm going to kill this guy. It. I'm going <laughs> to kill this guy. <laughs> Hutch, what do you our, think? I'm 75 years old here. Hutch, yeah. Yeah. Hutch our outstanding producer. Uh, <laughs> it's just another reason why, like, if you're listening, watch the YouTube version because we just had a great GIF on the screen there from our fantastic producer. Um, let's talk about Prize Picks, though. Our great sponsor, football is back. There isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite team than by playing daily fantasy with our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports and just pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual fan looking to add some excitement to the games, Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. 
it's the best way to have action on the game in states like Michigan, Kentucky, Alabama, Florida, Texas, Georgia, and over 70% of the United States. Prize Picks is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada, not Ontario. Uh, you simply select two to five players and predict if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. This week, I stuck with our game here, two Iowa picks. Spencer Spencer Petras will be less than 142.5 passing yards, and tight end Sam Laporta more than 34.5 receiving yards. As we mentioned earlier, 62 yards against Michigan last year. Uh, you know, think he's kind of the only weapon for them. Hutch, our producer, who is uh, all over the gift game, has Roman Henby, uh, which is Maryland's running back, more than 69.5 rushing yards, and Spencer Sanders, Oklahoma State quarterback, more than 37.5 rushing yards. They play Baylor this weekend. Uh, what do you guys have for prize picks this week? Yeah, I've got Michigan State quarterback Peyton Thorne, less than 240.5. It's going to be raining like crazy. That's one of those programs where I could just see uh, mailing it in after the last couple of weeks, and they've got a bunch of injuries, uh, and Peyton Thorne really isn't very good. Of course, I say that, and he'll probably go Rocky Lombardi against Michigan and complete everything in sight. So yeah, I – yeah, exactly. It's all my fault. So hate mail directed to me. And then uh, I'd like uh, Tanner Morgan more than 212 and a half yards against Purdue. I think he's going to have a big game. The weather's going to be much better there. And I like that Minnesota team a lot, guys. Yeah, I'm going to stay. Uh, I'm going to stay in Michigan's game. Uh, going to go with another JJ McCarthy pick. The weather it looks like it's going to be 72, 72 and sunny at game time in Iowa City, or at least that's the high uh, that day. I think they're going to be able to air it out a little more than the projections might say. I'm going more than 209.5 passing yards. And then I'm going over to Michigan state, Maryland, sticking with Roman Hemby there, but a different projection. I'm going with more than 0.5 total touchdowns. So he will find the end zone against the Spartans. Those are my two pick picks this week. Download the prize picks app or visit prizepicks.com. Sign up using the code Wolverine to get an instant 100% bonus on up to $100 on your first deposit. So if you deposit $100, prize picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, prize picks will give you $50. Don't forget that's the prize picks app or prizepicks.com and the code Wolverine to claim your bonus today and take your viewing of your team to the next level this season. Uh, Michigan, an 11 point favorite. At Iowa has moved around a little bit, ten and a half opened at nine and a half. Interesting enough, you read some of these articles, and most of the money's on Iowa, but the line kept moving out towards Michigan. So I think that's kind of interesting. Over unders at forty two points, nice uh, Big Ten slugfest uh, is expected. I kind of have this game playing out as how I've kind of alluded to um, a little bit ago. 28 to 10 in favor of Michigan. I think it'll be close all the way through, but I, you know, I do think that Iowa is, you know, 10 point. It wouldn't be surprising if they had less than that. I think Iowa's offense is really going to struggle. I think Michigan is going to be able to sell out and stop the run. I'm not overly concerned about what we saw last week against a team like Iowa because Maryland spreads you out. Maryland puts you in tougher, you know, matchups and things like that. Um, so I, you know, that's what I have. I got Michigan scoring late to kind of make that an 18 point game. 
Interesting. Four touchdowns and no field goals. You don't think that uh, Iowa's going to keep them out of the end zone. So I, that is intriguing. But uh, I've got Michigan 20 to 13. I think it's going to be ugly, guys. I think there are going to be a couple turnovers there that keep it closer than it should be. Now, if they're if they're devastating turnovers, then Michigan could lose this football game. And I understand that people don't want to hear that. But uh, I think Tom Kakert from, from – um, the Iowa site that we talked to great friend and colleague predicted an upset. Uh, he said, mm-hmm. it's a little bit of a Homer pick, but you know what? They've won what five of the last six against top five teams. And the last one came down to the last second. So I, uh, I think that Iowa will cover, but I like Michigan to win 20 to 13, kind of. 20 to 13, kind of, is that, yeah. this was the kind Ish. of in the picks this week? Yeah, um, kind of. I don't, I don't know that. I, <laughs> I don't know if I believe it. I'll be honest. Yeah, it's, it's tough to pin down this one. So I just kind of went with my gut. I think Michigan wins this game 23-14. Uh, probably going to get two or three Jake Moody field goals, although he's he's missed a few this year. I think he'll get back on track in that environment. Um, it will be close. I, I think that Michigan pulls away late. Um, really, I, I think seven of those 14 points might come off of a short field for Iowa on, a, on an ill-advised turnover somewhere, but – I think Michigan is – there's really just not a, a position on paper and, and really on the sidelines either coaching-wise where I don't think they have an advantage in this game. So ironed out some of the kinks last week. Now you get back. Uh, it's not going to be pretty. This is one where you just want to get the W and get out of there. But I do have 23-14, which I think would put us – math is hard. That is the under. So Yeah, we all are under the the total there. We had a great question in our Thursday chat at the Wolverine.com. Sign up for $1 for an entire year. But somebody said, would you be more surprised if Michigan scored 24 or more or if Iowa scored 10 or more? And based on my prediction, I mean, I have both those things happening. I think uh, Anthony and I both do 23-14. So in, in 20 to or 28 to 10. So I guess I would still say it would surprise me more if Iowa went over 10 points. But what do you guys think about that question? I thought it was a good one. I think it surprised me more if Michigan went over 24, to be honest with you, with the first-year quarterback and the way that Iowa plays defense. And that that environment, guys, wait do you hear it. I don't think either either one of you guys have been there. No. It's insane. So uh, it's tough to play there, and it's going to be tough, I think, for J.J. McCarthy. Um, I think he'll he'll do some good things. I think he'll make some mistakes. So I'd be I'd be really surprised, frankly, if Michigan went over 24. Yeah, I think it's to me it's it would be more support. Like this is the other thing is that are you more confident that I, I think that twenty points for Michigan is kind of like if you get there, you should feel pretty good about this game. Um, if you know if I was able to get there, then something's gone terribly wrong, or there's been a couple botch plays somewhere. But I, I still think that when you look at the weapons that Michigan has offensively and the quarterback they have, um, there is just. It is a, a nuclear explosion waiting to happen uh, one way or another. So I, I, I would, I would, I think I would be more surprised by Iowa scoring more. Than, it's tough. It's probably about equal, but I think Michigan has a much better chance of surpassing the 24 than Iowa does scoring, you know, two touchdowns. I know that's changing the criteria, but uh, <laughs> everything this Iowa team does offensively looks like pulling teeth. So. Yeah, and we've talked a few times throughout the weeks about that seven to three Iowa win over South Dakota State FCS team. Looking at South Dakota State, I was just curious how have they done since then? They've allowed fourteen plus points in every game to FCS opponents like Butler, uh, UC Davis, teams like that. So I know Butler had a team. Yeah, Butler has an <laughs> FCS team. I know you yeah. learn something new every day. Yep. So 
you know, that's, I mean, it is amazing. And I know that was week one, so, you know, it is what yep. it is. But uh, offensive player of the game prediction, I feel like I've been going with Blake Corum every week. It paid off last week and really the week before with the five touchdowns. But I'm going to go with Olu, Olu with Teamy. Butler has a team, kind of, Hutch says. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with Michigan Center, Olu, Olu with Teamy. Um, this is, we talk about the crowd noise. We talk about the environment. When, when we're talking about a road game where the offensive line has to be in sync. Speaking of the South Dakota State game, they had nine false starts in that game. Iowa, in some of their home games, has you know forced that crowd has forced a lot of false start mm-hmm. penalties. I don't expect Michigan to be at nine, but that's part of because I think Olu's going to play well. Get those guys on the same page. Communicate well with JJ. Snap the ball well. I mean, things get weird on the road, so it's nice to have a guy like that who's settled in a little bit more at Michigan. Five games in, uh, you know, handling the ball every play because the center does. Yeah, I like Luke Schoonmaker in this one. He had a nice game against the Hawkeyes last year. I think they're going to be going to the tight end quite a bit underneath coverage, and they can take advantage of some things there with him. He's not quite as athletic as Eric All, but he's certainly a threat in the passing game. Give me Schoonmaker in this one for the offensive player of the game. At this point, I'm just going to keep saying it until it happens. Andre Anthony breakout game incoming, finally. Um, you go in and die. Like I feel like he's starting to play a little bit more, but you go in and dive into the snap counts and the grades and stuff, and – Cornelius Johnson has just kind of been eh, there this year so far. Wouldn't be surprised if he comes out of nowhere and has a big game. But um, I think Andre Anthony is going to get more of an opportunity and will be able to cash in on that, especially with extra attention paid to Ronnie Bell and, and some of the other playmakers Michigan has. Is Iowa a grass field? I believe they are, unless they've changed it. Yeah, Andrell has played pretty well on grass. If you go back to Michigan State, played well in the Orange Bowl. Hey, Arch, look it up. Yeah. Can we get our research team on that? But Seriously. I think, uh, so Why is it taking so long? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to Google it quick. But um, so, Andrew Anthony, potential grass. I don't know what his prize picks number is at, but maybe take that, folks. Um, defensive player of the game. I'm sticking right in the middle of the, of the field, right in the trenches. Mozzie Smith. Um, I was zone blocking. He's going to face a lot of double teams. We saw him last week. You know, I think he hasn't gotten enough credit than he's that he, you know, as he's deserved for taking on some of those double teams. It's not always the glamorous work. He did have a season high or a, a career high eight tackles last week. He kind of shedded some of those last week. We saw him finally make a few big plays. I think uh, I don't know if he's going to do that in this game. Uh, turf was installed in 2009 for Iowa per our research team. Hutch, thank you. Yes. Um, so Andrew Anthony, there, uh, you know, maybe not, but. <laughs> Mozzie Smith. Uh, I think he's going to make a couple big plays. He's going to do the dirty work inside, and that's going to be huge. This game is going to be won and lost in the trenches, as the cliche goes. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Mozzie Smith is due for a big game, and I think uh, you're going to see a lot of double teaming of him. Um, mm-hmm. At the same time, uh, that's really going to open some things up for some other guys. So uh, I like him as that pick, too. I think they've been challenging him to step up his game a little bit, and I think he'll respond. I'm t- I'm. God, this one's tough for me. Um, who, whoever, this is a cop out. Whoever winds up covering Sam Laporta, I think, will be the player of the game. It might be R.J. Moten. It might be Michael Barrett. It might be a hybrid of the two. They might switch off duties throughout the game. But I think I really do think you take that guy out of the game, or at least find a way to limit his damage, and you just take away everything that Iowa wants to do offensively. So I'm going with uh, my my defensive player of the week is the Sam Laporta Buster. Whoever that winds up being. <laughs> 
Makari Page, Jay Harbaugh was talking about him and how good he is at yeah. guarding tight ends as well. So, geez, Anthony Broom's playing this like Doug Karsh plays staff picks here, and you yeah, got I got my pick in. So you got five. Yeah, you get oh, there it is. You get five. <laughs> it could be one of five guys, but if you get one of those five guys, and you look like a genius, right? He's muddy in the waters. He's hedging all That's over right. the place. It's crazy. Exactly. So, right. well, you know, for uh, Cannon's well, sake, just say Mike Makari Page. There we go. There, That's my pick. Have it. Okay. All right. So we'll, we'll hold you to that. Um, now for sure, it's going to be Moten. Yeah. Exactly, and we'll have, we'll hold you to that with our uh, research team, keeping track every week. Uh, somebody must be right, Hutch. Um, let's get on to some real quick picks of some other games around the country. You look at the Big Ten slate this week; it, it finally looks like a real Big Ten slate. We only had a few Big Ten games last week, uh, so finally, kind of in the meat of the schedule. No man knows the future. The name of this segment. We'll predict it though. Uh, Michigan State at Maryland. Maryland. An eight and a half point favorite over under is 60, even though the weather is going to be crazy. Hutch, you got the wrong uh, thing there. Um, so I got Maryland covering this. I think Michigan State, I, I heard a uh, Michigan State writer was on the radio with our friend Huge this week, and he said that it's not like basketball where you can kind of reset midseason, do these different things, you know, stay competitive. It's hard to. Uh, repair an aircraft as it's falling was the was the term that was used and i thought that was pretty good there i think michigan state's chris you said earlier in the show maybe you'll mail it in this year expect michigan state to give michigan a fight but not this week against maryland no i agree it's going to rain you're going to have the remnants of hurricane ian up there it's going to be a little bit windy and i think uh tully is still going to throw for about 300 yards on that secondary so uh, I like uh, if he plays, which I think he will. And you know what? The Billy Edwards kid was pretty good, too, for yeah. him. So I think he could pick them apart, too, with that secondary coached by Midnight Mel Tucker. So I do like uh, I do like Michigan State to lose by about three scores in this game. I think Maryland's going to bury him. Yeah, Michigan State has this energy about it that I hate to I hate to hearken back to this, but they kind of have like the same sort of energy going on with them that seemed like Michigan did during that COVID season where yep. when things go wrong, they just kind of spiral out of control. And I think there's really weird kind of language coming out from Mel Tucker and just that program. I'm going Maryland. So I know we're trying to keep it quick. So Illinois at Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin seven point favorite over under 43 and a half big 10 type of game. I got Illinois keeping it close enough inside the number. I've been higher on them than a lot of people this season. I'm going to kind of stick with it. Wisconsin, uh, I know they're coming home after a tough loss, but uh, I think Illinois, uh, people are sleeping on them a little bit. Yeah, un unhappy homecoming for Brett Bielema. I think that Wisconsin makes a statement in this one. I think it's uh, – I'm not a big uh, – you know, Danny DeVito can't even see over the line. So it's going to be probably about, uh, what, 24 to twenty-four to 18. It's going to be about 24 to no, – 31 to thirty-one to 14 will go. Danny, did you realize you said Danny? Absolutely, I did. Okay. Why do you think okay. I said yeah, he couldn't see the line? I know, but Tommy's short too. Yeah. <laughs> Is he but. good? Is he? Are they related? Hutch, I don't are think they related? So. All right, Hutch, get on that. All <laughs> yeah. right. Um, I'm going with Illinois in this game. I think I'm going to pick them straight up to win too. I think they're playing a they're they're doing a better job playing Wisconsin style of football than Wisconsin is right now, and I think things are starting to kind of take a turn for the worse with Paul Christ at Wisconsin. So. I'm going Illinois. Illinois could be four and one after this week. That's crazy. And that's why it's not going to happen. And that's why this is going to go down as a, a bad pick, just like that Nebraska, Oklahoma pick that you guys made a couple weeks ago. What's that's next? 
That's fair. That's fair. It was a terrible. No, it's a completely fair shot. It was the worst pick I've ever seen. But that's okay. Let's keep it. Let's keep it quick. But also, I'm going to declare to all of your picks. Hundred percent. That's you know me. (laughs) All right, real quick. Two games outside of the Big Ten. Number ten, NC State at Clemson. Number five in the country. Clemson six and a half point favorite. Uh, Apparently, going to be a monsoon there. Over under forty three points. Uh, NC State has kept it close with Clemson in the past, but again, apparently uh, have not won there since 2002. I got Clemson. If it's going to be a running game, I trust the running quarterback better, even though I don't think he's very good as an overall player. That's where I am, too. And uh, NC State, this should be the year. If it were on a dry field, I would like them to keep it close. I like Clemson to win pretty handily. Shout out Ryan Tice. I'm going with the Wolfpack in this one just to be different. So no man knows the future, though. That's right. Hope it happens. Me too. Uh, last one, number seven, Kentucky at number 14, Ole Miss. Ole Miss, seven-point favorites, over under 53-and-a-half. I do like the over here, even though Kentucky's a good defensive team. But Ole Miss, the, the tempo they play with, uh, the amount of talent they have on offense, the scheme really too with Lane Kiffin. I got Ole Miss. Um, you know, feels like everyone's buying Kentucky finally, but I just don't know if they're really ever going to get over that hump of being able to consistently win big games. I got Ole Miss covering. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Kentucky for some reason. I, you know what? They surprised me when they went down to Florida. Uh, I think they're going to surprise us again. And I just really do not like Lane Kiffin. So, uh, in, in big games, so, or any games, I just don't like Lane Kiffin. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Uh, I'm going to go with Kentucky as well. Uh, I'm a big Will Levis fan. Uh, he eats bananas whole. He puts mayonnaise in his coffee. He's coffee. an enigma. So I'm going with I'm going with that weirdo to keep the train rolling for Kentucky this week. Future Detroit Lion? Probably. Okay. <laughs> Poor guy. There you go. Um, Jared Goff not playing that bad. I'll just leave it there, though. Uh, that is our show for this week. Make sure to subscribe at thewolverine.com. $1 gets you an entire year. Limited time offer, so take advantage right now. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like the video if you're watching on YouTube. And uh, enjoy the game on Saturday, everybody.